Welcome to the Daily Bite with your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today we venture into 1 Samuel chapter 28. In those days the Philistines gathered their forces for war, to fight against Israel. And Achish said to David, Understand that you and your men are to go out with me in the army. David said to Achish, Very well, you shall know what your servant can do. And Achish said to David, Very well, I will make you my bodyguard for life. Now Samuel had died, and all Israel had mourned for him and buried him in Ramah, his own city. And Saul had put the mediums and necromancers out of the land. The Philistines assembled and came and encamped at Shunem. And Saul gathered all of Israel, and they encamped at Gilboa. When Saul saw the army of the Philistines, he was afraid, and his heart trembled greatly. And when Saul inquired of Yahweh, Yahweh did not answer him, either by dreams or by Urim or by prophets. And Saul said to his servants, Seek out for me a woman who is a medium, and I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servants said to him, Behold, there is a medium at Endor. So Saul disguised himself and put on other garments and went, he and the two men with him. And they came to the woman by night. And he said, Divine for me by a spirit, and bring up for me whomever I shall name to you. The woman said to him, Surely you know. What Saul has done, how he has cut off the mediums and the necromancers from the land. Why then are you laying a trap for my life to bring about my death? But Saul swore to her by Yahweh, as Yahweh lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. Then the woman said, Whom shall I bring up for you? He said, Bring up Samuel for me. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice, and the woman said to Saul, Why have you deceived me? You are Saul. The king said to her, Do not be afraid. What do you see? And the woman said to Saul, I see a god coming up out of the earth. He said to her, What is his appearance? And she said, An old man is coming up, and he is wrapped in a robe. And Saul knew that it was Samuel, and he bowed with his face to the ground and paid homage. Then Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? Saul answered, I am in great distress, for the Philistines are warring against me. And God has turned away from me and answers me no more, either by prophets or by dreams. Therefore I have summoned you to tell me what I shall do. And Samuel said, Why then do you ask me, since Yahweh has turned from you and become your enemy? Yahweh has done to you as he spoke by me, for Yahweh has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor David, because you did not obey the voice of Yahweh and did not carry out his fierce wrath against Amalek. Therefore Yahweh has done this to you this day. Moreover, Yahweh will give Israel also with you into the hand of the Philistines, and tomorrow you and your sons shall be with me. Yahweh will give the army of Israel also into the hand of the Philistines. Then Saul fell at once full length on the ground, filled with fear because of the words of Samuel. And there was no strength in him, for he had eaten nothing all day and all night. And the woman came to Saul, and when she saw that he was terrified, she said to him, Behold, your servant has obeyed you. I have taken my life in my hand and have listened to what you have said to me. Now, therefore, you also obey your servant. Let me set a morsel of bread before you and eat, that you may have strength when you go on your way. He refused and said, I will not eat. But his servants, together with the woman, urged him, and he listened to their words. So he arose from the earth and sat on the bed. Now the woman had a fattened calf in the house, and she quickly killed it. Then she took flour and kneaded it and baked unleavened bread of it. And she put it before Saul and his servants, and they ate. 
Then they rose and went away that night. This is the word of the Lord. This is not the first time that the Philistines and the Israelites have gone to battle against each other. It's not the first time as as Saul's kingly reign, as we have seen it at least a couple of times throughout the book already. Now, we already see David and Akish's relationship in the previous chapter, in chapter 27, uh, that David has falsely led Akish to believe that he is fighting against Israel, willing to fight against his own people. And Akish is taking his word for that as they prepare for battle and offers him, really, from his own perspective, a great honor uh, to make David his own bodyguard. Verse 3, the reference of Samuel's death, we first saw that in chapter 25, verse 1. And so the Israelites were mourning, and they're, they're moving on without the word of God among them. They've lost their prophet. They don't have God's word speaking to them at this point. Saul notices that directly here in verse 6. He inquires of Yahweh. Yahweh is silent. We'll come back to that in just a moment. First, we want to look at still in verse 3. Saul had put away, he had sent away all of the mediums, and here it says necromancers out of the land. A necromancer in the normal sense of the way people today will think of that word from fantasy stories and things like that. A necromancer is one who actually raises the dead. We have no reference point in the Old Testament or really history, uh, narratives from other cultures' histories either, that would suggest that there is a, a known ability to raise the dead. Now, mediums, as we think of them today, those who contact the dead, is a different conversation. And those, while they're largely disbelieved as being just pretending, um, and for good reason, there is at least the reality uh, that we know that those mediums exist. Whether or not a necromancer actually was a real thing here for us to discuss, I don't really have an answer for you there. I do know that the NASB translation translates it as spiritist instead, so similar to the idea of a medium, somebody who, who likes to mess around with the spirits of the dead. So those are pro- that's probably a more helpful word shows up, I believe, six times in the Old Testament uh, in the Hebrew text. Whatever this is, it's a conversation around dark stuff. These are demonic powers. The devil is powerful. Not as powerful as God, and we're thankful that God has already defeated the devil in Jesus Christ on the cross and on on Easter as he rose from the dead. But the devil, for now, still has a limited amount of power. And he is capable of sharing that power with people. So dark things, satanic rituals, uh, dark arts, those things actually are possible. And they're something that we don't want to be messing with as the people of God. And so at first we see good for Saul. He got rid of those things as he should have. No, but then not so much. Verse 5, he shows a lack of trust. He's greatly afraid. He's panicked. And he realizes that God is not answering him. And we get in verse 6, there are three different ways God could speak to Saul. 
by a dream, so a more of a direct communication, by the Urim, so the casting of lots that the Spirit would guide, or by the prophets who would speak God's word given to them to Saul. And God is not using any of those at the moment to communicate with Saul, which is going to fuel his fear even more. There's a lack of trust because Saul has been rejected as God's king over the people. Should note real quick before we leave this paragraph, these places are all up north uh, of Jerusalem, significantly up by the Sea of Galilee, really, as you travel north on the Jordan River. Um, these are off to the southwest of the sea. Um, they're on opposite sides, Shunem and Geboa, from the Valley of Jezreel. So opposite sides from one another. Uh, the, the Shunem's on the north, the Philistines are there, and Geboa's on the south. Saul and his army are there. Interestingly enough, Endor, where they go, is also on the north. It's near Shunem. So Saul is disguising himself so that he can sneak around the Philistine camp and not be recognized. Just an interesting detail to this, this historical event. Now the other part that we can bring out here in verse 7, a couple of things. So Endor, your children, or even yourself, you might pick up on this Endor location as the, the place in Star Wars where the, the little teddy bears, the Ewoks, are from. Just a coincidence here, but we do have Endor as a real legitimate location in the nation of Israel at this point in history. Um, Saul seeks out the medium in verse 7. Question to ask and talk about with our children. Was this a good thing for Saul to do? And if the answer is no, what should Saul have done instead? Repenting before the Lord. Seeking a priest who could offer a sacrifice on his behalf. Those are possibilities of things he could have done. Much as today, um, we can... We can go to our pastors um, that, that the Lord has given to us, and we can share with them our sins, and they they will speak the Lord's forgiveness to us. Saul is missing out on that. It's also, though, in verse 7, worth saying, the servants knew where the medium was. Why do they know? They're not supposed to know. These mediums are supposed to be gone. They're not supposed to have anything to do with them. So why do they know where a medium is? Something's not right there. The interaction, the woman knows. She knows that she's not supposed to do this. She knows she's not even supposed to be there anymore uh, at this point. But she is. She's remained. And Saul convinces her to, to do this. He says, as Yahweh lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. Question for us to consider as a family. Does Saul have the authority to say that? Can Saul actually make that promise and oath to her that Yahweh will not respond for this thing that she has done? He's been rejected as king by the Lord. He has no authority from the Lord any longer. The woman listens, and then we get this whole section of this interaction between her and Samuel and Saul. One of the biggest questions really to discuss in that section is whether that's actually Samuel or not. Commentators go both ways on this one. Some look at what the, the Spirit says and identify these are true statements uh, and sound very much like 
something Samuel would have said himself. Mm. And so they lean towards this being actually Samuel. Others look at it and say that the devil and his demons are capable of speaking truth. They are capable of even speaking God's word. And so they point in that direction, saying that this spirit coming up out of the out of the ground is not actually Samuel, but a demon pretending to be Samuel to mislead Saul um, even further. And that certainly fits with what happens, uh, that Saul becomes filled with fear and falls headlong on the ground. The devil would have delighted in causing Yahweh's anointed to fall into despair. So it's really, it's, Difficult to say it's up in the air. The text speaks as though this really is Samuel. But at the same time, we know these are demonic, dark powers. Would the Lord work through them? Well, he's actually shown that already. Uh, sending an evil spirit upon Saul earlier in the book. So it's tough, tough stuff here. One of the words in verse 19, that they will be with me. Uh, it's a reference to the idea that they would be with Samuel in death. Um, or if this is a demon, they'll be with the demon in death. So that's still true. Although this, if this is Samuel, there's the conversation about where Samuel gets to spend his eternity, the rest of his eternity and where Saul spends the rest of his. Most likely, Samuel is in paradise with God and Saul is not from what we know of the text. I mean, the end note here um, with the words of scripture would just be that she wants him out of her home. <laughs> you can see her doing what she can to try and get him to move on, um, actually taking care of him, feeding him, even though he has sought to harm her in her life and taken away what was her livelihood. She shows a bit of uprightness, caring for the king and sending him on his way. Interesting text. It is probably one of the, the oddest texts in all of scripture to, to consider. And we're going to see the outcome of that um, as the battle. Really, it's going to wait in a couple of days. It'll be in, not until chapter 31, the end of the book. But we'll get there shortly.